You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you're a 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. Mark Grandy, Evan Giddings, Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. As always, Mark, my man, how was your Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, you know, it was nice, relatively low-key. Evan had a couple people over at the place watch the game. It was a, a good game, kind of a disappointing end, uh, but a, a fun day overall. Uh, how was your Super Bowl Sunday experience? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I got together with a couple coworkers and uh, watched the game. What do you mean it was a, a, a tough ending, Mark? I mean, it was a 38-35 field goal walk-off for the Kansas City Chiefs, and a lot of people had... Um, the over a lot of people had the chiefs or eagles winning by less than four i know there was a lot of prop bets that hit that had to do with the halftime show i thought it was a pretty damn good game start to finish i don't know what you could be talking about well it was a really good game in all i i think the ending was a little anticlimactic with the the holding penalty which i know we'll probably get into it i thought was a hold and had to be called uh but it's just uh i don't know the way that that game was played, it was, you know, explosive plays. It was big touchdowns. It was turno- a turnover in a key moment. It was a lot of big moments. And the game essentially ended on uh, a holding penalty on a third and long down in the red zone that allowed the Chiefs to run out the clock and, and then win the game as a result. So I'm not sure that the ending quite fit how good the rest of the game was, but you're right. The game as a whole. Uh, was a lot of fun, and uh, no, I, I was I was joking. I was, I was trying to set you up there, Mark. Um, oh wow, I couldn't even tell. So yeah, well, so I, I think you're right. It was a hold. I will disagree that it had to be called. I don't know. I mean, do you hear what he said? What James Bradbury said after the game? Yeah, and I it, appreciate that, but that doesn't mean it has to be called. Like, and, and I think that actually is what people's people have an issue with is that in that situation, you would rather have the good, the game determined by the players as opposed to the referees. I get that it's a big play. I also think that even if, I mean, I guess we'll never know, but even if he doesn't grab him, I'm not sure he makes the catch. Um, it also had to do with the fact that the flag was thrown about five seconds after the play. So clearly there was some uh, up in the airness from the officials themselves but I don't want that to sidetrack what you said, which was it was a fantastic game. It was an amazing game. It was a classic and one that I think 49ers fans can also feel good about because, of course, one, the Eagles lost. Uh, but two, based on kind of the the surrounding talk coming into the week from specifically Niners players, um, there might be a feeling of vindication if you're a San Francisco fan, Mark. 
Uh, yeah. So if we talked a little bit about it last week, what uh, Brandon Ayuk said, and his quote was, you know, he thinks that the Chiefs might be able to quote expose the uh, the Eagles' defense in ways the Niners thought they were going to before their quarterback got hurt. Uh, so then the question becomes, Evan, is uh, 38 points put up by the Chiefs and a win for Kansas City, is that enough to uh, kind of pass off all the Niners' trash talk? Because I know we had a little bit of a disagreement when talking about specifically what Brandon Ayuk said. Uh, but, I mean, Robbie Gold talked as well, the kicker. He, he talked a little bit of trash uh let's see who else uh Debo Samuel talked a little bit of trash as well um I I will say certainly the results of the Super Bowl and I know there was trash talk directed specifically at James Bradbury one of their cornerbacks and as we just got done talking about he was the guilty party on that hold that basically yeah I believe Debo called him trash (laughs) yeah so uh it was a relatively good result for the Niners trash talk. I suppose it certainly makes them uh, feel a little bit better. Maybe makes their trash talk sound a little better, a little more pertinent, but uh, still, I'm not so sure it's the best look for all those players to be, to be talking that kind of trash after they get, they get blown out on the road in the NFC championship game. Uh, but considering what did happen in the Super Bowl, Evan, I think there was a, probably a, maybe a shred of truth to what the Niners were saying probably still doesn't need to be said publicly. Uh, but maybe they did know what they were talking about a little bit. Plus, it's also Patrick Mahomes, who might go down as the greatest quarterback of all time when it's all said and done. So uh, maybe there's a little bit of truth on both sides. Well, and that's why actually I don't think there's truth on the 49ers side is because of what you just mentioned. And that is the quarterback. Uh, no, <laughs> no no disrespect to Brock Purdy. No disrespect to Trey Lance. No, dick, no disrespect to Jimmy Garoppolo. Whoever would have started the Super Bowl for the 49ers it it um, it wouldn't have been the same result. I'm sorry. Like I I, I will not agree with the, the players on the 49ers because the exposure that Kansas City quote unquote put on Philadelphia had to do with number 15 had to do with the coaching staff. It did not have to do with Brandon Ayuk or receivers or uh, maybe a little bit of line play. I guess you could say. I thought Kansas City dominated in places that the 49ers, even in their small sample size to show us, did not. And that was in the trenches. It was at the quarterback position. And it was on the sidelines. And that's, to me, Mark, why Kansas City won this football game. And they also only won it by three points. I think it points to this was a winnable game for Philadelphia. This was a game that Philly could have won the Super Bowl. But because of those three things, they could not. And those three things, in my opinion, San Francisco right now does not possess at the level that Kansas City does. And that's the reason why the Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. And that's the reason why we're going to have the conversation at some point this week, this summer, down the future, of whether Patrick Mahomes is on a pace to be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen and why Andy Reid now with two Super Bowls at the helm is a shoe-in for Kenton and Everyone else you want to talk about in the Kansas City organization is now a part of a potential dynasty. That's why we're talking about it and not talking about the 49ers. Yeah, I, I think the biggest reason you're right is Patrick Mahomes. That's why he won uh, MVP. He threw for three touchdowns, only 182 yards, Evan. Uh, but when it mattered the most, when they got down in the red zone, he was able to find find his receivers, and a couple of them were just wide open out in the flat 
you know, with goal to go spots. Uh, I think you got to credit Andy Reid and, and Eric Bieniemy and the way that they designed those plays to get there. They were the same play. <laughs> yeah. They were the I exact mean, same play, ran yeah. to different sides to different backup receivers. Yeah, and they were their only targets of the entire game. Kadarius Tony, one target, it was that five-yard touchdown. Sky Moore, one target, it was that four-yard touchdown. So uh, credit the the Kansas City offense, everyone involved for for getting those plays to work. Uh, but specifically the the Robbie Gold trash talk, which I know happened after we recorded our most recent episode, Evan. So we didn't get to talk about this when we talked about uh, Brandon Ayuk. We also didn't get a chance to talk about the, the Debo Samuel trash talk either. Uh, but Robbie Gold went on the, the 33rd team podcast show uh, and he said, quote, if you make Jalen Hurts play quarterback, you're probably going to have a pretty solid day on defense. <laughs> OK, so what Robbie Gold essentially is saying is what makes Jalen Hurts good is that he can run the ball. And if you just make him a pocket quarterback, he's he's not going to be able to hurt you uh, very much. There's a little bit of truth to that. Obviously, his legs make him incredibly good, but look what he did with his arm yesterday as well. I mean, 27 to 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, didn't throw an interception, uh, did fumble a ball, but that was really when he was a runner uh, and he didn't even get hit. He just had it scored out of his hands. Uh, but but that's that trash talk, Evan, by Robbie Gold maybe stands out as aggressively bad more so than any of the other for the 49ers because I don't know how you can watch what Jalen Hurts did this year and try to poke any holes in his game I mean he had three rushing touchdowns he broke a record when he had two rushing touchdowns first player in Super Bowl history with two rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown he added on one more rushing score for good measure uh, and was very efficient and effective throwing the ball so uh, Robbie Gold's Probably feeling a little bit salty from the NFC Championship game loss. I hate to say it. You, you cannot say anything bad about Jalen Hurts. The dude has done nothing but win this year and almost beat one of the, the, the best teams that, that we've seen in, in the NFL. Yeah, Jalen Hurts put together one of the greatest losing Super Bowl quarterback performances we have ever seen. Off the top of my head, I can't think of one better outside of uh, maybe Russell Wilson in 2014 after throwing a ball at the goal line, like, and, and that's what kind of mars his game, but he was fantastic. Like Jalen hurts was dominant in the first half of that super bowl. And it wasn't his fault that they lost the game. It was just Kansas city was incredible. And also I, I thought that he wasn't necessarily helped up by his coaching staff the way that Patrick Mahomes was the fact that Philadelphia did not go for a single fourth down in the second half after going for every single one in the first half, I thought there was a little puckering on the Philadelphia side that we obviously didn't see from Kansas city. And maybe that has to do with the fact that Jalen hurts is in his first super bowl. And Patrick Mahomes is in his third. I mean, I don't know, but no, to, to say that Jalen hurts when you play quarterback is a different player. Uh, Jalen hurts made two throws, both to Dallas Goddard that not a oh single God. quarterback on the 49ers can make. And I feel very confident saying that. One, going towards the sideline to the left, in which Dallas Goddard has to slide. That's probably a better um, catch to me, in, in my opinion, than than throw. But the second one, which was the challengeable play that yep. was confirmed, that I know that Dallas Goddard may or may not have gotten his feet in, according to some, but that was a dime put right in between the safety and the linebacker. That's a throw that 
Patrick Mahomes makes, that Tom Brady makes, that Peyton Manning makes, that Drew Brees makes. And so if you're telling me that Jalen Hurts was not over the course of the season um, when he had to play quarterback was not the guy who could make that throw, I'm going to look at you a little differently. And even though Robbie Gold is one of my favorite 49ers and he is he is amazing, um, he should be eating his words here on this Monday morning. Yeah, he should be. Uh, he also is a former Bear, so there's probably a little bit of a hatred already between the Bears and the Eagles. So maybe it's just, you know, natural Robbie Gold taking up an anti-Bears. Anti uh, I do like that he likes to talk because evidently that is a part of Robbie Gold's game that doesn't necessarily get a lot of the limelight. Like he was talking yeah. trash to the Packers after last year's playoff game, <laughs> talking trash to the Rams. And apparently talking some trash to the Eagles. So, you know, yeah. it's it's I'm sure he would say it's all in good fun. Yeah, I'm sure he would. And, you know, he's nothing if not consistent. So you got to give him credit for that as well. Uh, something that you mentioned that I think uh, is 100 percent true. The Eagles not going forward on fourth downs in second half in the second half. Uh, I mean, they were two for two uh, in the first half and they made them both pretty easily. If you include in, you know, third and shorts. Uh, where the Eagles are within kind of quarterback sneak range. Uh, they were perfect. Every quarterback sneak they tried was perfect. And I think uh, Hertz is something like 35 for 38 on quarterback sneak, something like that this season. So they they get within, you know, third and a long one, maybe even third and two or fourth in that same length. Uh, they should be going for it every single time because they have the ultimate weapon in Jalen Hurts. But Evan, I think that, Kyle Shanahan can use this game uh, to his own benefit when it comes to being aggressive at the right time on fourth downs, because it's something that he has not done really at all in his career as head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. There's been bits and moments, but it's more so been kind of score dependent. If he needs to score a touchdown when he's down late in the game, he'll obviously go for it on fourth down. But if it's in the second quarter of a game, they're just across midfield, or maybe they're at the edge of field goal range, they, they're facing a fourth and two. Generally, he'll decide to try to kick a long field goal, or he'll punt and play the field position game, as opposed to going forward and trying to extend the drive. Now, certainly part of it is the quarterback that you have. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, even a Josh Allen, a, a Justin Herbert, a Joe Burrow, you're going to be more encouraged to go forward on fourth downs. But I just think there is a gigantic advantage. And there are coaches that are starting to catch on to this now as every season moves along. But if Kyle Shanahan were to hop on the bandwagon of being more aggressive on fourth down, I think there's a gigantic advantage to be had before the rest of the league follows suit and it becomes commonplace. It is trending in that direction. I think everyone will be there eventually. But if you get on that that you know bandwagon a little earlier than others, Evan, I think there's an advantage to be had. And I think Kyle Shanahan can watch that Super Bowl, see what the Eagles did in the first half, see what they failed to do in the second half, and draw a correlation between Nick Sirianni's aggressiveness late in drives, late in downs. I do think that is a spot where Kyle Shanahan can get better.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. Mark Grandy, Evan Giddings, feel free to download, rate, subscribe. We encourage it, actually, and we encourage you to rate us and give us five stars because if not, um, Mark's going to you know, send you a nasty letter. Okay, so if we're talking about Kyle Shanahan and things that he can learn from this game, I also think extrapolating it to the rest of the league, like you mentioned, is, is something that um, I would encourage as well. When you play teams that have an advantage and an advantage specifically at the quarterback position like Patrick Mahomes, you do have to adjust, I believe, the way you coach and the way that you manage the clock. And honestly, the way that you do just about everything because in this in this type of situation, look, they already have an advantage, Kansas City does, with Patrick Mahomes being their quarterback. You have to coach more aggressively, and you have to step out of what you typically do. Because if not, each and every small opportunity that you give Kansas City, or a big one, obviously, like six points on a fumble scoop and score, they are going to run with. And it turned out to be the difference in this football game. And I think that if you're Kyle Shanahan looking at this, you may see a Kansas City team that you, you felt like you, you might have been able to beat. I thought Philly was able to beat this Kansas City team. But it 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 does point to, all right, in playoff time, in crunch time, you almost sometimes have to buck a trend. And if you're Shanahan, whether it's you know on fourth down, whether it's trying to throw the ball when you typically are running it, whether it's running it when you're typically throwing it, like the teams that are elite in certain spots and have a, a wild card, a trump card, so to speak, you have to play outside yourself and coach outside yourself. I think that's what we saw. And what we didn't see from Philadelphia was Nick Sirianni being able to, um, I guess, you know, rise to the moment. And again, they only lost by three points. Like it wasn't that slim or wasn't that large of a margin. But when I was, when I was watching that second half of the game, Mark, I just kept thinking, Philly is clinging to this 10-point lead. Yep. And after the Chiefs got that opening drive touchdown, it felt like a brand-new ball game, and the momentum swung immediately back into Kansas City's favor. And Philly had to do something, something to distort that. It was clear. Like, they were panning to the sideline. The, chan- the, the Chiefs players were screaming, thumping their chests. You know, we got this. This is our game to win. And it became from Philly's game to lose – Kansas City's game to win, and as we've seen so many times with the Kansas City Chiefs since they've gotten Patrick Mahomes, they're going to win those games. Yeah, I don't know how you felt at halftime, but uh, well, not good. It was yeah, it was twenty four fourteen Philadelphia. Um, by the way, it could have been more. Uh, the Eagles they settled for a field goal attempt. They could have taken a shot to the end zone at the end of the first half. They could have taken a timeout with seven seconds left and said they let it tick down to four seconds left. Call the timeout, make the field goal, whatever. Uh, but they're up by 10 at halftime. 
and it felt like they absolutely dominated the first half. It, it felt like this should be a a 14, 17 point lead, but instead it was a 10 point lead. And, and like well, you it, said, it should have been. Yeah, it, it should have been. Obviously, the fumble was the, the the big play that was returned for a touchdown by Nick Bolton that tied the game up before the Eagles did bounce back and score the final 10 points of the first half. Uh, but then, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs get the ball to start the second half and they go down and score and suddenly it's a three-point game. Uh, the fact that it was only a 10-point advantage for the Eagles after dominating that first half as much as they did, uh, I I think it was credit to... to Patrick Mahomes and just the fact that despite the fact that they got outplayed for 30 minutes, they were still in the game. And it was a little bit of a danger sign. If I'm the Eagles feeling how much we outplayed them going into, into the break and only being up 10 and knowing that Patrick Mahomes is probably going down to, to get a score to open the second half, making it a one score game. Uh, and if I am, you know, on that coaching staff, if I'm Nick Sirianni, I am doing I'm coming out with the with the same plan, being as aggressive, not trying to cling to a lead. I'm not trying to kill clock. I mean, how many times did the the play clock run out and, and they got flagged? They had, they had to take a penalty or or take the timeout. Uh, it it wasn't the the cleanest half for the Eagles after an extremely good first half, aside from one play. Credit goes to the Chiefs as well for adjusting, of course. Uh, but but it did seem like the Eagles. We're a little content to play from ahead, Evan, and, and try just to, to bleed this game out. But that's an extremely dangerous game to play with Patrick Mahomes. That's how he's won both of his Super Bowls. Now he's come back from double-digit second-half uh, you know, deficits, double-digit point deficits in second halves in both of his Super Bowl wins. So that's not a strategy you should employ against the Chiefs as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback because you give him enough time, he will score. You just have to keep scoring and keep him at bay. You cannot just try to run out of clock on him. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. The two biggest games in which Mahomes has lost, well, I guess two out of the three, the Super Bowl, he got blown out in 2020, but yeah. uh, the conference title game last year against Cincinnati, and then I would say the 2019 conference title game against the Patriots, yeah. those games, he was actually ahead by double digits. So maybe the, maybe the strategy is you want to play from behind against Patrick Mahomes because you do not want to play from ahead because when he has, it's like a, it's like a sprinter that has someone in front of him to keep them on pace until mm. the final, like 50 yards or 20 yards, and then just burst out ahead. And once they draw, even you just can't catch them. But yeah, I, I was, and, and the other part of it too was, yeah, you, you know, Patrick Mahomes was incredible. He's the MVP, his fourth quarter, uh, was one of the best we've seen in a long time. But he was, he was pretty average the majority of that game, Mark. Like he was, I think he was sitting around a buck 10, a buck 20, heading into the fourth with a score. Um, and one of the touchdowns, honestly, was because of a great punt return. The running game was fantastic for Kansas City. I thought Isaiah Pacheco was incredible. And Travis Kelsey had 60 yards in the first quarter. And then I think he had maybe one or two more catches the rest of the game. Like he was not as much of a factor as that final stat line would lead you to believe. Like I said, Kansas city won because I thought they were the better defensive team. They obviously had the better quarterback. They were better on special teams and they made the biggest defensive play of the game. And they won by three. Like, so <laughs> putting that all together again, I thought Philadelphia had a chance to claim that game, but because of what you just mentioned and and sort of, I don't know if playing scared is the right way to put it, but clearly they thought 
that they could just put the ball on the ground and pound it up against Kansas City's front line, and that was not the case. Um, but as far as Mahomes is concerned and the double-digit comebacks, I do think in day in today's football, it is a little easier to overcome those scores such as uh, 10 plus than in, than in past years, but obviously the the one before it was against the 49ers. Are you in the camp mark of Patrick Mahomes being the greatest quarterback we've seen? Because that's something I've seen circulating on social media quite a bit. Uh, I'm not so sure if I would say that. Uh, he's probably had, what, the best start to a career? First, what, five years as a starter? Yeah, no, nobody has done what he's done. I'm pretty sure in any of the major sports, which yeah. is multiple MVPs, multiple Super Bowl MVPs in your first five seasons. Yeah, I, the, or championship MVPs. Yeah, I know what you meant. I'm super comfortable saying that that he's had the best start to a career, not just in the NFL, as you said, but across any sport. But to say he's the the greatest quarterback is I you can't say that yet, in my opinion. Maybe he's had. Uh, you know, if he if you weren't looking at longevity, but if you were looking at just one season worth or you know a, a peak worth, like who has reached the the highest possible level of quarterback play, but maybe hasn't necessarily sustained it yet. Maybe you can make the case for that yet. But I'm I'm not saying he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's he simply doesn't have the 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 length of a career, and as a result, all the accomplishments to back that up yet. I do understand what people are saying, and, and maybe it's more so a singular moment kind of argument, Evan. Uh, but but as of now, I, I I can't really agree with that. Uh, you mentioned comebacks. Do you remember? I think it was the the 2020 playoffs. So it was the the 2019 regular season. The U the Niners and the Chiefs met in the Super Bowl. There was that divisional round game for Kansas City. Their first game against, against Houston. Against Houston, when they got down, what, like 25 points in the first half or whatever it was, and then they come back and win by 20? <laughs> yeah, so. they, they were down by 20-plus at the end of the first quarter or, like, early in the second quarter, and yeah. by halftime, they either had the lead or it was tied. Like, Patrick Mahomes scored 28 points in that second quarter, I want to say, <laughs> against Deshaun Watson, actually. Yeah, it was Deshaun Watson. You're right. Uh, so I think that just uh, further adds to your point. If you are going to beat the Chiefs, do not get out to a lead, a double-digit lead, because that'll just ignite Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and the rest of that uh, Chiefs offense. And then, I mean, I don't think we talked a lot about uh, their defense in the second half. The Eagles were still scoring, uh, but the Kansas City defense stood tall and forced some field goal attempts, one to, to close the first half, although that wasn't really much of a stop. That was just time running out. And then they, they did force a field goal uh, in the second half as well. Of course, the Eagles did get that one touchdown and two-point conversion to tie the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the the Kansas City Chiefs defense was a lot better in the second half as well. But I do think part of that also goes back to Nick Sirianni's, uh, I don't know, lack of aggression a little bit in that second half. But I think the Chiefs defense still deserves a little bit of credit for that as well. Yeah, no, they do. But I will say on that field goal, uh, I was watching with a, a group of people who were saying, take the points, you know, go up by six. And I expected that, them to go for it. That spelled danger to me. Like, even if you didn't think they should go for it, that has danger written all over it. Cause you're not Kansas city was not getting stopped in the second half. You're not getting that ball back with the lead is yeah. the issue here. And for those 
you know, arguing. It was fourth and six. It was a little long. They went forward on fourth and five from further out towards midfield earlier in the game. That's when Jalen Hurts had that that 20-plus uh, yard run up the, up the scene. Like, they had proven already in that game that they could convert a play like that. And then later on the fourth and two, backed up deep in their own territory. I, I mean, I get that's a situation where you don't necessarily want to end the game there because if you don't get it, you're probably in trouble. Kansas City is going to score. But again, with the way that that offense is moving, you're not getting the ball back unless you're down eight or seven or nine. Like that is that to me is where I, I get you can't coach. Um, you know, like your defense is going to get blown out of the water. But if you're an opposing coach, you have to see that at one point, this is a machine on the other side. And what did they do in the first half that aided the effort of suppressing Patrick Mahomes? They kept him off the field. That's really the only way to stop him and this and this Kansas City offense. Because once once they build a momentum, it was, in my opinion, it was over. Um, so those two fourth down calls, I think, were poor decisions, should you say, by Nick Sirianni. Uh, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, yeah, I'm with you. These are the greatest five years potentially of any American athlete ever. I cannot say he is the greatest quarterback of all time yet. I think he is on that pace, and I think he has some more work to do. I don't think he's either the second quarter, the second best quarterback of all time, Mark. If I had to rank my current quarterbacks, there's a clear number three. It is Patrick Mahomes. Number two is Joe Montana. Number one is Tom Brady. The amount of Super Bowls matters, and the record in Super Bowls, I think, also does matter as it pertains to Joe Montana, who is, of course, undefeated at 4-0. Patrick Mahomes, I believe, will pass both of the quarterbacks ahead of him at some point. He is on pace to do so, and I don't see any team, any other quarterback, Passing him up. Wait, when you say he will pass the two quarterbacks above him, do you mean simply in your your greatest quarterback of all time ranking or in Super Bowl wins? Uh, both. He's going to get more than Tom Brady in Super Bowl wins. Yeah, because I think he's going to be in that big game enough to have wow. a chance to do that. Like that's, that's a. I feel like that's a crazy hot take, and it's nothing against Patrick Mahomes. It's just how how can you get a career as perfect and long as Tom Brady's? It, you could get to the game as many times as Tom Brady, but you could just run into bad luck and, and not win it as many times. I mean, I don't know. I I think ultimately he might he retires and and we have the conversation and and probably most people agree that that you could call him the greatest quarterback of all time. But I think the argument for Tom Brady will still be that he won more Super Bowls. I just I'm not sure we'll ever we will ever see another quarterback win as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady. That could that could be true. That the odds are probably better in, in that favor. I also think that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest talent at quarterback. And that's why people are having this conversation because before him, look, people were having the conversation of is Aaron Rodgers a better quarterback than Tom Brady? And he's only had one Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, before Patrick Mahomes, was the greatest talent at quarterback I have ever seen. I never got to see Marino or any other of the greats um who didn't. I guess, win the amount of Super Bowls that people expected them to. But Aaron Rodgers is the best I'd seen. And then Mahomes is Aaron Rodgers, but he doesn't play scared. Like Aaron Rodgers plays scared in some big games. Mahomes does not. And 
I know we haven't mentioned the injury at this point. I do think there's a reason for that. And that is, in my opinion, Mark, he didn't look injured. Like he looked about as 100% as possible. I know there's the moment where he gets rolled up on and you're wondering, is he going to have to come out to Philadelphia, take out another quarterback? 49ers fans are getting PTSD. I, like there was a, <laughs> a moment there, but when Mahomes ran away from three defensive linemen with about 230 left in the fourth quarter, in my mind, the whole injury surrounding story however severe it was clearly not severe enough to stop him from outrunning grade a class one athletes. And that doesn't take anything away from the performance. Maybe some people will look back at that and see it, you know, it's his flu game or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, I'm judging Patrick Mahomes based on what he did, which is dominate in my opinion, the best defense that I had seen this year. And he'd also dominated the literally the number one defense in San Francisco earlier this year on the road. He's incredible. I don't think he's top two yet because I still have Montana ahead of him. Um, but I think that he's on his way. Like, I don't see anybody beating this dude in the next 10 years. Not that he's going to win 10 straight Super Bowls, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I don't know. I think that's what you said. I don't know. He's been in, <laughs> he has been in the conference championship every single year. He has been the starting quarterback. That's incredible. And to say that he will not make the next five conference championships, I think depends solely on injury because the other part of this too is Mahomes takes up the most cap space of a Super Bowl winning quarterback now ever. So they have proven that even after a rookie deal, even after giving this guy half a billion dollars over the next um some years, that they can still retool and win Super Bowls. I don't know, Mark. Well, I mean, they'll write it off. <laughs> they're certainly at the level of kind of like the the Brady peak uh, Patriots dynasty, where you're just like, all right, pencil them into the conference title game. Like we know they'll be there, and then it's just a question of can they win two big games? Because we're assuming that they're they're going to get the bye, they're going to win the first round, their first game, the divisional round, they'll host the AFC Championship game. Can someone come in and upset them? Two years ago, the Bengals were up to the task. They did it uh, this past year, this past season. They they weren't up to the task, and, and the Chiefs got it done and and the Super Bowl champ. So I'm with you in that uh, you kind of just assume that they're going to be there in the you know final four of the playoffs year in and year out. Uh, but it is still incredibly tough to win two games against really good teams in the postseason. You certainly have a great advantage if you are at home and if you have someone like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so I'm with you. They they do feel like that kind of dynasty already. Maybe saying already isn't even fair because you said they've they've been you know now to the AFC title game five straight seasons every year that Mahomes has been their quarterback. But it does still feel like they have so much more ahead of them because of Mahomes and because of his general youth. Uh, so I'm with you. This is the, the the team of the 2020s. There's no doubt about it. They should probably get a couple more trophies before this decade is up over the next handful of years. But things, weird things can happen. Things can change quickly in the NFL. They're probably the best situated team to do it moving forward just because, as, as you mentioned, they have already proven that they can do it outside of a rookie deal for their quarterback and some of the other teams in the AFC like uh, <clears throat> excuse me the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals they have yet to show us that they can do it once they do give their quarterbacks those epic 
you know, contracts. Josh Allen obviously is, is making a lot of money now uh, as well. And, and not saying Joe Burrow is making a little, but uh, they have yet to, to prove that they can get to that spot in the postseason when half of their, you know, salary cap is tied up on one player. So we'll see how they are able to manage that moving forward. But I don't think you'll find any argument from anyone that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are, are the team to to probably control this decade in the NFL. Let, let me alter my previous prisoner of the moment statement. As long as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are together, I believe that there is no number of Super Bowls they cannot win. I also and don't it, know if Andy Reid is going to be around for that long, but that is what I would say because as, as I was thinking, Mark, a, a massive reason, of course, Tom Brady is in all of those conference championships and all of those Super Bowls is the head coach that he is going to be linked with until the end of time. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good point. And I know there were kind of some rumors about he was undecided. Andy Reid was if he'd come back next year for the 2023 regular season. I know uh, I think Terry Bradshaw, who did the award ceremony for Fox, asked him. And he, you know, shrugged it off like, oh, yeah, no, I'll be back, of course. Um, by the way, did you hear that full exchange between Terry Bradshaw and Andy Reid? Um, first, <laughs> after first, the game? No, I, I took off pretty quick from the party yeah, I was at. After the game. So uh, Terry Bradshaw is talking with Mahomes, I think. Or maybe it's maybe it was the owner. Uh, whoever it was, he then, you know, waves him off and, and brings Andy Reid over. And he says, all right, Big Red waddle on over here he tells him to waddle oh, yeah. on over here and then, said that to Mahomes Mahomes waddles more than Reed does true and then at the end and I know I know this is uh you know kind of a, an Andy Reed staple I think after games he'll go and eat a cheeseburger or whatever that's just what he does there, uh, there were props on that yeah. like what like what brand of fast food is Andy <laughs> Reed going to be eating at the end of the Super Bowl but to sign off in the interview saying bye Terry Bradshaw says all right big guy go have a cheeseburger on us <laughs> okay Terry like eh, I don't know if Can't... you're being a little insensitive or you're just having fun I don't know what's going on here but it's not the greatest look Kangle Terry Bradshaw is a different kind of Bradshaw <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll say that for sure uh, this is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy, Evan, Get Evan Giddings with you as always, coming at you a couple times each week in the off season. so stay tuned for that. Download, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts from. Okay, so we have established at this point that the Niners have some reflecting to do, that the Eagles also have some reflecting to do, that the 49ers players were not necessarily wrong, but in their trash talking, I don't believe they were necessarily right. I think we've also established that Patrick Mahomes has had the best start to any career of professional sports in, in America. Also, I think that right now he is still slotted behind Joe Montana and Tom Brady. I do believe, Mark, that at the four Super Bowl mark, people will say that he is better than Tom Brady because he already has the talent aspect of things. So no matter how much he wins, there will be, like you said, he's going to be chasing a number. But Joe Montana has never lost in a Super Bowl. But I do think there is also that that talent aspect of um, Montana just won. But one thing that all three quarterbacks have in common is something we previously alluded to, which is they all have a great head coach. Mm. All three 
have someone that they have grown with that has groomed them and that is in a lot of ways, not 100% obviously, but responsible for sort of molding and directing that talent into copious sums of winning. Tom Brady with Bill Belichick, Joe Montana with Bill Walsh, and Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid. Kyle Shanahan, that is to me the biggest reason why Kyle Shanahan did what he did a few years ago to go out and draft and spend big capital, not specifically for Trey Lance, but for a quarterback to build with. That is the next step, in my opinion, that this franchise has to take in a lot of ways is the only thing that they need to take because everything else they've been able to do right and well, in my opinion. And the quarterback position, even on the Eagles side, if you want to say that Hurts wasn't as good as Mahomes, I'll, I'll maybe push back a little bit there because I think Jalen Hurts was great. But looking for the quarterback of the future has to be and should always be, in my opinion, priority number one for an organization if you want to have sustained success. And we've already seen it in San Francisco in the 80s and now looking forward in the 2020s. It, it is going to be a tall task, but to me, Mark, that is the last key, uh, the last step of the equation to San Francisco getting back to where it needs to be, which is in the game we just watched yesterday. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you can say what you want about the drafting of Trey Lance. Maybe you wish they picked, you know, Justin Fields. Maybe you're in the super minority in the Bay Area and wish that they picked Mac Jones. Regardless of who you think should have been the quarterback the Niners picked, I think you can agree. I think most people should agree that the process of going out and moving up in that draft to get a quarterback was the right process. They identified their weakness on their roster. They identified what they're missing, you know, compared to other Super Bowl winners, compared to Super Bowl winners, and they figured out that was an elite quarterback. So it's worth it to take a swing. When you have a roster ready to win elsewhere, go out and take a chance on a young quarterback. Maybe you fall into a Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you fall into a Justin Herbert. Maybe you fall into a Joe Burrow. Maybe you get lucky in the second round and you pick up Jalen Hurts. Like That is what wins you Super Bowl. So the Niners obviously made the right choice in trying their best to acquire a uh, you know, a good quarterback, a great quarterback, but it just hasn't quite panned out for them yet. So they're still searching for that. They hope Brock Purdy is it, uh, but no one's going to ever say anything like, like Brock Purdy's on the same level as a Patrick Mahomes or a Justin Herbert or a, a Josh Allen. People are not going to say that. And maybe it's because we haven't seen enough of him. Maybe he proves it in, in the coming years. Who knows? But if you're to go around the NFL, Evan, and ask, and you could get an honest answer from every single head coach, general manager, every single team. How many teams are actively looking to improve their quarterback position? I mean, it's what, all but five? All but five across the entire league? I mean, everyone is still trying to improve their quarterback position. And while Kyle Shanahan would answer that question, no, he's going to tell the media, tell the public, no, I'm happy with our quarterback position, which he said two weeks ago. That's a lie. They clearly want to improve their quarterback position. Every team, except the team that employs Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, and who else am I missing? Is there one other out there? Uh, there's there's all but four or five teams are trying to get better at the quarterback spot. Niners are included. 
Yeah, 100%. But also, I think there are just about as many teams that would like to upgrade their head coach or their play caller. And that is something that San Francisco can say, in my opinion, that they do have. I don't I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is a, is a Pantheon head coach. I'm not saying he's Reed, he's Walsh, he's Belichick. But what I'm saying is they are closer to having their head coach of the future than a quarterback. And to me, that is... Maybe not as important, but if we're going to put a percentage on the um, the credit that is doled out for each, like a, a big reason Kansas City won the, the Super Bowl was because of their coaching staff. They were better on special teams. They were more disciplined. They had extremely creative play calling in the best possible spots. Andy Reid pitched as close to a perfect game in the second half as one can pitch, along with, of course, Eric Bieniemy, who continues to be maybe the... Um, I don't know, the, the biggest diamond in the rough as far as coordinators, because each and every year we talk about how great he is. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the <laughs> offseason, he's still stuck in Kansas City. So I think that that, to me, is a large part of this. And maybe it's 60% quarterback, 40% coaching staff. Maybe it's 70% quarterback, 30% coaching staff. I think it changes based on the situation. But Mahomes made some amazing plays in the Super Bowl. He was also throwing to some butt-naked open receivers at times in which the scheme was simply allowing him to decide exactly where the ball needed to go, whether it was his third option, whether it was his first option. He got the ball there, and I think the 49ers have that, in my opinion, which is the brain, and right now they need the brawn. So, yes, every team is looking for a quarterback, Mark, or most teams, I should say, are looking for a quarterback, but I think there's maybe not as much emphasis on how many teams are also looking for a head coach and the 49ers do have that. Yeah. And uh, there could be potentially head coaches coming out of the Super Bowl game. I know that the Washington commanders have already set up a conversation with Eric B the offensive coordinator of the chiefs. Uh, I would be shocked if he doesn't meet with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, although, you know, that would be, that, that could be a, a strange fit. I know Arizona's in a bad spot, and obviously Washington, the head coach, head coaching spot isn't open right now with Ron Rivera there, but uh, it could be an opportunity maybe for a little bit more uh, offensive responsibility for Eric Bieniemy. We'll see if he does get a head coaching job. He certainly deserves it, and I think if he, if he wants it, uh, the Cardinals might be willing to give it to him because they don't have a ton of other candidates flocking their way right now. Uh, but you're right. It's it's kind of a for every great quarterback, there is a great coach attached to them. And, and part of that, you wonder, kind of wonder, chicken or the egg, like who matters more? I think it's probably the quarterback spot. Like who is Bill Belichick without Tom Brady? Who is Andy Reid without Patrick Mahomes? I mean, you remember the story around Andy Reid before Patrick Mahomes? Well, yeah, he wins a lot of games in the regular season, but he can't win the big one. It's kind of the story of Kyle Shanahan right now. Uh, that's what Andy Reid was until he got a great quarterback. So it seems to me great quarterbacks tend to make great coaches, but it's also pretty clear that it, you know there is it is a two-way street. Things work both directions. Uh, but it certainly does help to have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And Andy Reid wouldn't deny that either. He's not going to try to take all the credit himself. He knows just how fortunate he is to have Patrick Mahomes. And that's a big reason why, as you said, he's, he's Canton bound, no doubt about it. 
Well, that's all the time we have for this this episode. We'll be coming at you later in the week, so stay posted for that. Uh, but, Mark, I know this is a lot of fun. We can continue talking about the Super Bowl, how it relates to the 49ers. We'll continue to do so. Obviously, there were some awards that came out uh, last week that pertain to the 49ers and their future, as well as we can also get into some uh, predictions for next season, the always too early <laughs> Super Bowl division. What's going to happen well, we're not sure yet. Really, the biggest date right now in 49er land in San Francisco here is February 22nd, which is as we record this nine days away. That is the day that Brock Purdy gets his UCL surgery, which in a lot of ways could determine the future of next season. So uh, we'll break that down, hopefully, if we get more information. And we're going to talk to you later on this week. But uh, Mark, my man, thank you very much. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, we had a good Super Bowl, man. So it was a good season. It was. Niners made it all the way to the second to last week of games of the year. Unfortunately, they couldn't make the last one, but still a fun game. And now they gear up, try to do it again in 2023. Looking forward to it, Evan. No doubt. We'll talk to you next time. You listen to the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. <laughs>